Welcome to What's the Word podcast with myself, Nick Henderson, a resource that helps push you further in your faith by discussing what God's Word has to say about various topics that tend to trip up believers and keep us from advancing into the place God has for us. I'm so grateful you're tuning in today. And before we get into the content, I want to ask if this episode provides you any value that you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. Those two things help a ton. With that aside, let's jump in to today's episode. What's going on, guys? I got my girl Darcy Clark in the studio today. What up? What up, Darcy? Darcy, how are we doing today? I'm feeling great. Um, I'm honored to be on the podcast. There you go. Love it. Well, guys, uh, I'm excited to have kind of a very specific conversation with Darcy today, kind of in lieu of making big decisions. I know it's like college graduation, high school graduation time, too. So a lot of people are making decisions, trying to figure out, like, what's my next step in life? Where do I need to work? Where do I need to go next? Where do I want to move? All that stuff. And so, Darcy, I felt like you were kind of a solid girl to talk about this topic today. And so just to start off, kind of give a background, just a kind of a clip note of like your job journey and just your journey in general when it comes to that. Okay. And the best way I can, here's a Sparks Notes edition. I grew up in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I went to elementary school there. We moved over to Texas. Yeah. We're at in Georgia, by the way. We were in Dalton, Georgia. So that's carpet capital. So yeah. shout out carpet below yeah. us. The great, probably from Dalton, Georgia. The great Dalton, Georgia. The okay. great Dalton, Georgia. And nice. then we moved to Katy, Texas. Shout mm-hmm. out Katy, Texas. Yeah. I started junior high here. Went to high school at Tompkins. Go Falcons. FP 1440. I think we still say that, right? Probably not. Okay, great. Anyways. <laughs> and then went to Texas A&M as one does. Growing up in Texas, yep, lots of Aggies, very influenced, um, and yep. like I said, Cliff's Notes version. Yeah, yeah. Wanted to go far, ended up going to Texas A&M. Texas A&M, that lasted for two years. Yep. A hard but stretching two years. Sophomore year was incredible, mm-hmm. and then and what made it so? What made sophomore year incredible? What made it kind of change up? The change up was realizing that I didn't have to anything other than myself to have friends and to find community and to step into what God had for me. Like I was most usable by God when I was just a hundred percent me. Yeah. And so once I stepped into that, my sophomore year and away from following culture, following the crowd, the party scene, and just feeling like I had to fit these images Mm -hmm. and just stepped into the image that God created me in, I really began to find community. I began to get to impact people's lives by inviting them into my life, into my story, and telling them about that. Mm, wow. And so, obviously, that led to a great sophomore year at A&M. And so, after A&M, where did you go? What was what was the next move after that? Yeah, after my sophomore year, I packed up that April, finished up finals online, shout out COVID. Yeah. Went off to Cleveland, Tennessee, where I did a residency program a couple months in. I yeah. did a full-time gig. So, I want to talk about that a little bit. So... Were you, did you feel a calling to full-time ministry early on? Did you feel called like even before that point or was it just something like an opportunity that you thought, you know, this sounds cool. I could, I could jive with this, this church work thing. How did you end up going into full-time ministry? Absolutely. When I was in middle school, I remember receiving a very specific calling on my life to step into ministry, but obviously ministries and everything, but mm-hmm. ministry vocationally. 
And not just ministry vocationally, but involving girls. Yeah. Girls ministry, women's ministry specifically. So as a sophomore in college, I'm about to go off to Cleveland, Tennessee. And one of the persons I was connected with out there was like, what What exactly do you want to do? Mm. And I just remember before I had answered that question, I kind of just signed up to go out there for media ministry, right? And then a couple weeks before, right at two weeks before I was packed to move to drive off to Tennessee, I said, you know what? I actually feel a calling to do women's ministry, but for whatever reason, I'm still passionate about media. So I don't know how this is all going to play out, how it's going to factor in. Um, And so how long were you in Tennessee for? I was in Tennessee for six months. So from May to November. Yeah. And you're like 20? 19 at this time? Like how old At this you? time I was 20. Which is crazy, right? A crazy jump to make for a 20-year-old just, I mean, moving from Texas to Tennessee. And so 19, 20 years old, you moved to Tennessee, but six months, I mean, to be honest, six months is kind of a short tenure at a certain place, which is the story of a lot of people, right? They get somewhere and maybe, and I'm not saying this is your story, but maybe they get there and they realize like, maybe this isn't what I thought, or maybe there's some difficulties that go along with this that I did not anticipate. Was it any of that for you? Like, why was it six months? Because obviously you're in Texas now. So what was the reason for that? Right. Kind of crazy. So I'm out there, started with the residency, ended up getting to be one of the first ministers that's a girl on staff and jump in with one of my good friends there too. And I was the high school girls minister, full-time gig. Mm -hmm. I had a plan to be there for a really long time. I yeah. mean, I picked the place. Which because, is crazy because if you're a girl listening to this right now, I mean, it's dream job. If you want to go into ministry, it's hard to find. If you're a young lady listening, it's kind of hard to find a full-time gig. So full-time gig, a real deal job, not internship, not you know part-time, like real deal career. And so you're there. And then what happened after this? I'm there. We're about five to six months deep mm. and... Everything, everything's awesome. But then just like my time alone with the Lord began to shift and there was this longing for home Mm. and come to find out I get homesick. Like I'm severely homesick. I miss my people here, specifically my parents. Did you anticipate it being as difficult as it was as far as the homesickness went? Did you ever fear that? Like, uh, what, I'm moving kind of far, like this may be hard. Did you ever think about that going into it or what? No, not going into it. And things were going awesome. Like we had a scheduled way of when I would get to see them and talks on the phone. I had even family that lived there, but there was actually a wreck that kind of changed everything for me and how I felt and the way that I live my life. Mm -hmm. And so when did this wreck take place after Tennessee, before Tennessee or what? This wreck took place in the summer while I was in Tennessee. I was still a resident at the time. Like a car car wreck, I assume. A car wreck. We had flipped upside down into a river and I was underwater. Oh my God. So tell me, so tell us a little bit more about that. So you're, how long were you in Tennessee at this point? I'm about three months into being in Tennessee. Okay. And so what happens? You just like, is it you and a friend? Like what, what transpired here? I'm with a friend group and you know, you're trying to make community, be friends with all the people and we're just having a game night. And this game night began into tag kind of all over the place, all over the city. And we're down this windy gravel road. Um, we did one part of the game and we're like, okay, let's throw the car in reverse. We did. And the car flipped upside down, went nose down into the river and to just speed up the story. I remember 
people getting to the scene just to check on us, make sure we were okay. And they said, who do you have that can come and give you a hug? Mm. And I thought about that. And I was like, wow, I don't really have anyone here while I'm doing ministry with that I feel like would want to come and do that. Yeah. And because it sounds like physically you were fine for the most part, but emotionally you weren't at this point. Totally. And so that was a wake up call for you realizing, oh my gosh, I am 20 hours, 15 hours away from my home, from the family that I've known, you know, all my life growing up with. What happens after that? What are kind of the feelings you start to wrestle with? What transpires afterward? I think after that, there were seeds planted throughout that point in time in the summer, all the way up till November, that the Lord slowly slipped in, just like using homesickness as a vehicle to bring me back so that I could have this season that I'm in right now that I've been in of recharging, getting to be with community and getting to help others build community. Yeah. And so you eventually leave Tennessee, obviously in six months. Was that hard? Like finally making the decision to leave after six months, was it, I mean, did it come easy or was it like, how did those conversations go? Was it embarrassing hard for you? Like, what was that? Absolutely. Yeah. That was easily one of the hardest decisions that I had to make because nothing went wrong. It was the most wonderful, most incredible job. But I just remember so clearly the Lord being like, no, like I really need you to go back. So like, Mm. I'm going to allow this homesickness. Like I'm right now, we're not going to overcome it. I'm going to allow it so that you can feel it because I I need you home. I felt such a strong call to come and to sit and be home with my people. And I was like, Lord, why would you have me come sit and be at home, you know, near my parents and near my brother? Like what purpose in the future is this going to serve? So when you say God's call, what practically did you feel? Because I think that's can be ambiguous for a lot of people because I have, you know, interesting thoughts and stances on like God's call that, you know, God's call is more broad than it is specific at certain times. Obviously, there's practical implications in our life, but you know, I think God gives us a lot of leeway to choose careers, vocations, jobs, and things like that. And so for you, when it comes to God's call, what were some of the things that you were picking up on that you saw as signs or preemptings to move back home, as you mentioned? Absolutely. I think just including him in the process of the whole decision of like, Lord, do I buy into this? Like, do I go home? Do I quit this job? Do I resign from something that's been such a dream of mine that you've passioned and purposed me with Mm -hmm. to go home? Like I thought this was supposed to be a forever thing. So slowly through just time with him, which is really all times of the day, if you invite him into it, I just began to not feel at peace. I was like, I have to step out. Like I'm not at peace. Like a certain anxiety about it or what? I was just so physically homesick. So I was to the level of homesickness where it actually made me sick. Mm, Wow. Like physically sick. Physically sick. And that's okay. So, and I want to get your thought on this because there's a balance there of following God's call, you know, quote, and then really using God as an excuse to make ourselves feel better about leaving a situation that we could have stayed in or could not have stayed in and had the freedom to do it, but we ascribe it to maybe Jesus to make us feel better. Not saying you did it, but I think there's a lot of that. A lot of saying, oh, I feel like God is wanting me to leave or whatever that may be. I feel like God wants me to break up with you. I feel like God wants me to do these things. How do you go about discerning a desire and God's call? What are some things that like 
like that you would involve? Like, is it prayer? Is it like lining things up with scripture? Is it like how do you think someone would ever ascribe the balance there? I love that you asked that. So I think to ascribe that balance, something that resonated with me a lot in that season really stemmed from the concept of this verse, John 8, verse 54. Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. And I think when we go about making decisions in life, if the root of that decision is self-glorification, you've got to just estimate, okay, there's future destruction here. But if the root of your decision is, you know what, I want to expand heaven. I want him to be glorified through this you know, then so be it. And he will, he's, he invites us into victory. So in any season where we're separate or in any decision where we're separate from making that decision with him, we're also going to be separate from that end result of victory in that. Yeah. And I think it's really good. I love what you said there, right? Inevitably, we have to be able to divide what we want from what betters the kingdom. And in any decision, if the situation is benefiting us more than the kingdom, then it's probably showcases it may be a selfish decision. Absolutely. If it's purely down to, well, I could go, you know, let's think careers, why? Just because we're on that. I could go make more money over here and have more flexibility over here and maybe my significant others over here. Okay, and it's okay to move. Like, you can move if you want to. God gives us that freedom, but we shouldn't attribute it to the fact that God is calling me. But yet, on the flip side, if the move does not benefit you and maybe is a detriment to you personally, but benefits the kingdom. I think that's when we can distinguish like, okay, this is maybe God's call here. Like this preempting to move towards something that is uncomfortable for me and doesn't really better me practically right now. I think that's a great, great way to dissuade. Okay. This may be God. Like this doesn't make sense on the exterior, but it makes sense in the kingdom and the spiritual realm. So for that matter, maybe this is what I need to do. So either way you felt the call, you felt the call, you felt a preempting to go to leave Tennessee, to go back to Texas, to go where? Or was it just to leave Tennessee? Like, what was that? To go back to Texas, and I guess to expand a little bit more on that feeling of homesickness, but I was at such a level of exhaustion from all the feelings I was feeling of being far from my people, things not going according to the plan that I initially thought, because granted, I'm not perfect. I got Mm -hmm. there, and I was like, maybe this will be forever. Um, And so... Once I got to that level, I was like, I need to step out so something new can come in and take root here. Mm. And I need to go home, be with my people. God's still going to use me. He's still going to do something in my life there in Texas. But I felt such a peace about it. In fact, such a peace that I packed up, got the ball rolling, and I was I was back here in November. And it was the smoothest transition out of there And just some of the most wonderful conversations I had where I was like, you know what? I was obedient in the call to go. That initially felt like a test. Like, Darcy, will you be obedient when like all the norms of culture say finish college in four years? Mm -hmm. Don't take on a full-time job in ministry. And I I love that so much because people are so busy trying to walk other people's path that they get off their own. And it's like, well, I need to go to college for four years or I need to get this job when I'm 22 or when I'm 23. I need to go to grad school because my everybody in my family went to grad school. I need to be an engineer because everybody in my family is an engineer and you know I've seen them be successful in that regard. We should always be sensitive to God's specific purpose in our life and not necessarily get so inundated and infatuated with what God is doing in other people's lives because we are not them. 
We're uniquely built, fashioned in the image of God and for purposes unique to us. And we should always fall in line with that. So I love that. I love how you battle those pressures properly in that season. So continue though. So you're battling those pressures. You're trying to deal with, okay, everybody else did this, but I kind of want to do this. Like what, what transpired? Yeah. I mean, battling all those pressures and I just knew that I didn't have to follow the pattern of the world or the pattern of culture. Granted, college is an incredible thing. I do plan to finish, but I followed that to that homesickness to come home and being home. Then, you know, the decision of, okay, well, do I go back to Texas A&M? What does this look like? And, you know, that was a huge decision that I had to make on, well, what do I do? Mm -hmm. So what did you do? Obviously... I'm not currently still at Texas A&M. I probably wouldn't have made it to the podcast right now. Who knows? Um, Gigum Aggies. Gigum Aggies. Um, Yes. So I didn't choose to go back to Texas A&M. I followed up with an asynchronous semester. Mm -hmm. Shout out COVID for making all the things like that possible. Yeah. And did school online this past semester. Had a season where I just got to recharge and be with family. Like that's really what my heart was. My heart was people because I think at the end of the day for my life, and I know for so many others, they, you could probably also agree that relationships are just the most important thing. Oh, absolutely. More important than any job, any amount of, any amount of money that you make, anything like that. Relationships are the best equity we can ever acquire in this world. So absolutely. And it's the best way where you can tangibly see God's love. So I remember being home November and I was just like, Lord, what what do you want me to do in this season? And some of you are probably like, okay, what does that actually look like to ask God these questions? But I literally, I'll just like journal it out, Nick. Like I'll just write, Lord, what do you want for me? What do you want to have me do? And I'll just go about it. And there's such a peace when you are walking with God. Like he is not going to leave you in a state of confusion. Mm. He might allow a test to come your way or a trial season to come your way, but he's not a God of confusion or instigating confusion. So I think when you do go about making decisions of, okay, what do I do now with this chunk of time? I have a whole future ahead of me that I don't, for me personally, I didn't know what it looked like. And I just remember very, very specifically, go be with people, Mm. like go be with your people. That's so good because a lot of us get so captivated with what does God want me to do for the next five years, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years of my life. In reality, just be consumed with what God wants you to do right now. Do what you're called to do right now, and then he will determine and figure out the rest of your steps down the road. But just do what God is calling you to do right now. And I think we can you know, complicate it so much when it's so simple. Just be obedient to what God has called you to in this moment. So that's so interesting. So we called you to relationships and things like that, but obviously you know, there's transition to come. What did that look like for you? You know, the transition to come. I don't know exactly what transition you're talking about. I know we're going to get there. As far as job-wise, yeah. As far as job-wise. Well, I dove into asynchronous school. People were asking, hey, what what are you planning on doing? Da, 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 da. And so I had just made a tangible plan that I thought was good, you know, not really sought out too much counsel. I was just like, you know what? I know this will please the ears of people around me. So I made the plan. I'm, I'm going to go to University of Houston. I'm going to live in this place and I'm going to do this. That was the thing that I could so grab on. But what's interesting going back to the situation about peace is like 
I just still felt no peace about it. No matter how good or how wise the decision seemed in the ears of others around me, I still had no peace about it. And so what I have to say about like making plans for yourself is like hold on to it with a loose grip so you can allow God to do the miraculous through your story. Like when our yes is on the table and we're obedient and we're willing to go places, he can just do crazy things for us. For example, I'm two weeks back to being home. I had just gotten back from Tennessee. I love girls ministry. I love media. I love all of the things. I love to share on social media. And I get reached out to by the Instagram of Live Original. Mm -hmm. And what is Live Original? Live Original is a ministry founded by Sadie Robertson Huff. Mm -hmm. And it's just a global ministry of women. Her ministering to women. There are messages, podcast recordings, books, like you name it. We're like actually in the process of planning a conference right now. Just so many cool things. Go check it out. But I'm two weeks back into being home, being obedient to that so-and-so call to come home, you know, him using my homesickness. And I think when we're obedient to God with the small things, you know, he's going to even grant the large things. So something that had been a desire in my heart is to just get to be an influence on media in any capacity. And anyone can. Mm -hmm. They reach out and they say, hey, will you be an ambassador for us? A little longer message than that. And I jump back in and I'm like, man, let me pray on this. And, you know, isn't just so much peace. I was like, yes, I'm in. Absolutely. And so began that season of just being an ambassador for them, which began in January. Wow. And so ambassador obviously is not paid. It's just, you know, brand ambassador, you know, stuff like that, more social media type vibe, but it's not paid. Practically, it's like serving your local church. Yeah, yeah. But serving but not a a career at this point obviously right not a career and so but did you ever hope for it to be a career like what was the vibe I definitely think it was a shot in the dark at the time I was like lord I don't know I remember people would ask what does your future look like and when I came to the decision of like okay it's not University of Houston it's not living in that specific place I thought I was going to live I candidly gave people the answer. I don't know. Like there was a season where I told you and Danielle, I don't know what my future looks like. Mm -hmm. And so eventually get to the point where you start to have an idea as to at least what the short term future is going to look like. And so talk about that. How did you get to that point? For the short term? Mm -hmm. Yeah, as far as career, (laughs) as far as career wise. Okay. Career wise. Because January comes around. And then you're an ambassador for Live Original, and, but not a career situation at this point. So, you know, obviously I know you end up at least getting hired by them. So how did that end up coming about? I had a very loose plan to go to college and to live with a good friend in the Houston area. Obviously held that with such a loose grip, as I've been mentioning. And along the several months of me being home, February, I went out for an ambassador retreat that they hosted us for Mm -hmm. such an incredible time, incredible opportunity. I remember driving to that, just having such a weird piece of like, Hmm. okay, I think I'm going to do this drive again. Like, I really think I'm going to see these people again. I went into that weekend, not knowing anybody. I'd never met them face to face, maybe a couple at passion, Mm -hmm. but in that specific setting, that was the first time I really got to soak and hang out with the team, hang out with the other ambassadors. 
And oddly enough, by the time I got there and by the time I left, the people that I had made the deepest connections with, little to my knowledge that I now know now, they all are from Monroe, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And like, that's only God, you know, because we don't wander around with like where we're from, like floating above our head. And so that was just such a cool thing. And I remember being there too at that ambassador retreat, no clue what my future looked like. And we're being talked to about you, you're anointed and God is going to do something through your life, you know, and your obedience to him, like he will move and he will do something. He will use your story and I obviously, for me, didn't know what that looked like. I kind of disagreed. I was like, you know what? That's great to hear, but I disagree. Like there, there's nothing going on here. I don't know how he's using all the things from my past for my future and just working it all out. I don't know how he's going to do it. There are so many things I'm passionate about that just don't even touch each other. You have girls ministry, you have marketing, you have social media, you have all these different categories that I never thought could intersect with each other. But I remember being there in that room, we would worship, and I just felt such a peace mm. of like, I am going to see this later. But I, you know, when you hear that or when you, you think that, that's such a shot in the dark for a dream like that. Yeah. And so obviously it's a shot in the dark. It's kind of a long shot, but you'll find out and you guys will find out that what looks like a long shot by yourself is often very attainable with God, not like a prosperity gospel way. Like he's going to give you whatever you want, but you'll find that God will put you in positions and places in which you never thought possible for yourself. And so obviously that happens for you with a full-time gig. How did that happen? Right. So I get home that kind of comes to a close. I'm still an ambassador. I'm walking out that season and where we're at right now, maybe a month and a half ago, they posted to their social media two jobs, one that my future roommate got and one that I applied for. And it was for their photography and social media assistant. So I see that I'm reading it. And then I just, you know, like one does, went to pray on it. And I went to talk to my mom because right now I'm living with my parents and I go to talk to her about it. And I'm like, hey, they posted this. And so we're reading it together and it just felt like a letter to me, but I neglected that. I was like, "Mm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to apply yet. Maybe I will. And so kind of then went into just like this long two week season from when they posted to then of just praying about it, seeing what I should do. Long story short, went ahead, applied and just the ball kept rolling. I've never read a job application that felt like a letter to me. And all the things that I have been just passioned and purposed with the Lord interconnected together. So like my encouragement for people wanting to step into what they feel called to do or are looking ahead to the future, don't dismiss or let go of passions you had growing up. He works it all out for his glory and you're good. And it is just going to blow your mind, but only if you allow it. And if your yes is on the table for him to do whatever. Obviously, this job comes with a move. I've lived away before. You've heard my story where I wrestled with homesickness, but I remember months ago being at that retreat and being like, you know what, Lord, if you're going to send me anywhere again, I am okay with it being five-ish hours away. Mm -hmm. But that's my max. And, you know, we can't wager with God or anything, but it is so neat that 
And it doesn't shock me at all, but he heard my desire in my heart to be in driving distance. You know, if I want to go back in a day and see them, I can do that. I can have that peace of mind that if something happens, if I were to flip into a river again, hopefully not, Yeah, <laughs> I have people five hours away that I can drive and see. And he's given me this whole past season to just get to establish such a grand home base and recharge here with people like you and people that I'm in a small group with. And mm-hmm. Which is so awesome. And you have, you know, it will continue to have an incredible journey, and not just a job journey, but a journey with Jesus Christ, because, you know, as we all know, and hopefully you guys listening know, making it is not a career. Making it is daily obedience for the glory of God. So Darcy, we're so thankful that you're on today. We appreciate you. And we know this is going to encourage and help out a ton of people. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Nick. I hope this episode helped you out and provided you tons of clarity and encouragement. If so, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. It helps more than you know. Until next time.